Welcome to the Kidmen Huddle, part of the Kids Matter Podcast Network. Gather round, Kidmen leaders, and be encouraged and equipped as you build the kingdom. Now here's your host, Amber Pike. Welcome back to the Kidmen Huddle. This episode marks two months of podcasts. I hope you've been enjoying it and that it's been a blessing to your life and your ministry. And if you are getting something out of it, I would love for you to spread the word, recommend it to your friends, and share about it on social media. Did you check out last week's episode? Have you gone to my website and grabbed your free event Mm -hmm. devotion, the No Room Devotion for a Gingerbread Event? It is still on my site, so head over to amberpike.org and grab your copy. So I am all about Christmas in my life, as you know, but this week's podcast is a bit more Thanksgiving-related. I was tasked with creating a devotion for our church-wide Thanksgiving service, and I wanted to share it with you all because right now, and I don't mean just because it's the week before Thanksgiving, but right now, we need a little more thanks in our life. I'm also, at the end, going to talk about some Thanksgiving resources that you can use in your ministry and with your families, so make sure you stick around so that you can hear about that. But for Thanksgiving, I've been focusing on the story of Job. Job. I love the story of Job. In college, I was a theater major and we did a play about him. I played Job's wife and it was so much fun, but I think that's where my love of the story of Job began. God starts out the book of Job giving a little backstory on him. He's described as the greatest man in the East. He had seven sons and three daughters. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camel, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys. Plus, he had a large number of servants. Job wasn't just wealthy, though. He's described as a righteous man that feared God. When his kids would get together and have feasts, he would offer sacrifices for them just in case one of them sinned and didn't know it. Job's got a pretty awesome life. When we are experiencing a period in our lives like Job, where everything is going good, it's easy to give thanks to God like we're commanded to. 1 Chronicles 16.34 tells us to give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His steadfast love endures forever. When paychecks are big, when everyone is healthy, your ministry is thriving, you're seeing kids come to Christ, growing in their relationship with the Lord, when you are receiving blessing after blessing. As a believer, it's easy to give God thanks and praise. God is a good God that loves to bless His children. And when we are in those periods of blessing— We give thanks. We can see the blessings and we can see his goodness, so we give thanks. But what about when things aren't going so good? What about when you have a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day or week or year? Do you stop and give thanks and praise to God then? Do you praise him when you get laid off at church? Or the kids' ministry has to close down again because of COVID cases? Do you give thanks when you have those church days where not a single kid listens? When you're experiencing problems at home with your spouse or when a family member gets a bad health diagnosis? When things aren't going so well, when bad things happen, when you're worried, you're scared, you're lonely, you're experiencing heartache, it's not so easy to remember to praise God. As humans, we naturally go to a place where we wallow in self-pity. It's like the instant something not so good happens, we go right to that place of, woe is me. 
I'm a bit prone to do that. Life will be going utterly amazing, but the instant something not so good happens, I go right to, well, that's just how things go for me. That figures. We focus on the bad instead of focusing on the blessings. And Satan knows this. He knows that not only are we less likely to focus on God when things aren't going well, it can even shake a person's faith if it isn't strong. One day, God and Satan were talking. And Satan told God that the only reason Job was such a righteous man was because of the blessed life that he lived. So God gave Satan permission to take away Job's blessings, all but his life, to prove that Job was indeed righteous. Listen to what happens to Job at the end of chapter 1. I'm starting at verse 13. One day, when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby. The Sabaeans attacked and carried them off. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the sky and burned up the sheep and the servants, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and carried them off. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who's escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them, and they are dead, and I am the only one who's escaped to tell you. At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all of this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. In mere minutes, Job had almost everything taken away from him. His cattle, his camels, his servants, even his kids are all dead or taken. The servants that escaped to tell him about it couldn't even finish talking before another servant ran up with more bad news. After that terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day, Job fell down to the ground. Now, if that had been me, I would have fallen down in utter brokenness. I would have just laid there and sobbed. But that's not what Job did. If you look back at verse 20, you see that we're told Job fell down in worship. Life was pretty terrible for Job right then, but he worshiped God instead. Job knew that God is sovereign, that he is in control, even though things were bad. God was still worthy of his praise. But unfortunately, Job's story isn't done yet. Satan thought that since Job was still healthy, that's why he did not curse God. So Satan, with God's permission, took Job's health away. He afflicted him with painful sores all over his body. Job's wife came to him and told him, you just need to curse God and die. Job was hardly recognizable by his friends. He was so changed and sad. They came and they sat with him in silence for seven days. Imagine the sorrow and the pain that Job was going through, so much so that he sat there silently for seven days. But then his friends start laying into him. 
Basically, they tell him that it's his fault all this bad has happened to him, and it's probably from some sin that he committed. Job did not have the best of friends or wife. All of these horrible things have happened to him, and his wife and his friends are not supportive. But still, Job didn't curse God. He gave thanks. What would you do if you were in a situation like Job? Your possessions are destroyed. Your family is dead. Even your house, your health is suddenly gone. You go from being the greatest man in the East to being on rock bottom. What would you do? Job's response leads to my favorite part in his story. Bad stuff's been happening, and Job kind of goes to a dark place. He starts wishing that he had never been born. He's hurting, and he's confused. He asks God why. It's natural to wonder why. Why did all of this bad happen to you? So Job goes to God. He pours out his heart, and he asks God, Why? Why is this happening? Now, he didn't sin in his response to God. It's not a sin to ask God why. Through his questioning, while he was pouring out his heart to God, though, he praised God. Then, God answers. In chapter 38, God asks Job, Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Have you given orders to the morning? Who makes it rain and snow? Who put the stars in the sky? God is telling Job that he is God. He is the God that created and controls the universe, the God that plans all things, and we cannot even begin to understand his ways. Where were you? I love that reminder so much. God is the creator, the ruler of the universe. He can do all and he knows all. He's not surprised when bad things happen to us. He's not just sitting there in heaven, wringing his hands, wondering, oh my gosh, how am I going to salvage this? He is still in control, even if we don't see it. He's still good, even if it doesn't feel like it. When Job was miserable and hurting, he was cursing the day that he was born. He praised God. And it put things into perspective a little bit. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 tells us to give thanks to God in all circumstances. We aren't just supposed to give God thanks when things are good and life is great. We're supposed to give Him thanks when life is rough, when we're scared, when we feel alone, when our heart is breaking, and when we're worried. We are called to give God praise and thanks in all circumstances, no matter what. No matter what is actually the name of the Thanksgiving series I've created for our kids this year. 2020 has been a little bit crazy. For some, 2020 has been that terrible, horrible, very bad, no good year, kids included. We're called to give God praise and thanks. He deserves this praise and thanks, not just when life is awesome, but no matter what. Job praised God even when life was going really rough and he was sad and broken. David praised God when he was alone, hiding in a cave from King Saul, who kept trying to kill him. Jonah praised God when he was terrified in the belly of a fish, not knowing if he would live or die. And Hannah, Hannah praised God when he blessed her, when he gave her the desires of her heart. But she didn't just tell God, thank you. She gave that blessing back to God to show him her thanks. 
The Bible is filled with examples of men and women praising God in the good times and in the bad times. And these examples are great reminders of what we as believers are supposed to do. But just reading about it isn't enough. We actually have to do it. James 1.22 tells us that we need to be doers of the word, not just hearers. Just reading in the Bible that we are supposed to give thanks to God isn't enough. We actually have to praise him in all circumstances. So what does that look like practically? How can you train yourself to praise God regardless of your circumstances? If you're like most people, praising God probably isn't at the top of your to-do list when life feels like it's falling apart. But if you look at the examples of Jonah and Job especially, you'll see that when their life was at rock bottom, they remembered who God was and what he has done. Then they were able to move on to that place of praise. God reminded Job that he was the one that laid the foundation of the earth that put the stars in the sky and made the mighty Leviathan, a fire-breathing sea lizard. God is so cool. Jonah said, when my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. We don't have to thank God for the bad things, because I doubt many of us would say, thank you, God, for letting my house burn down and destroy all of my possessions. But through the bad and the scary and the worry, we need to remember that God is still good and he is still in control. And you have to be intentional about praising God when things aren't so awesome. This past Sunday, 9.45 in the morning, my husband texts me to tell me that the wind knocked our power out. Now, the Pike family does not like it when the power is off. We would not have done well before electricity. (laughs) One windstorm, my entire day was altered. I couldn't do some of the things that I had planned. We weren't sure if the power would be back on in time for us to have our little movie night. And because I have to take care of everyone and everything and it was a lot on Sunday, I didn't get any of my writing work done. Actually, the whole weekend was not what I had planned. My son and I, the day before, had sat in traffic for an hour on the interstate, making us miss the first 30 minutes of his very first black belt taekwondo class. I could have sat there on Sunday and went, woe is me, this is the worst weekend ever. But I wanted to practice what I'd been preaching. So instead of focusing on the rough parts, I decided to praise God instead. Yes, the storm knocked down a tree, but it didn't fall on our house. In fact, my brother had cut down about seven trees a few weeks before, and some of those were near our house. And as rough as this windstorm was, that might have been a problem for us. So thank you, God. Yes, the power was out. But the weather had turned warm a few days before, so no one was uncomfortable without heat in the middle of November. Thank you, God. We didn't have lights or power for our electronics, but my kids used their imagination, and because I hoard boxes, they made a pretend TV that they got in and acted in. Thank you, God. I made the decision to praise God and give Him thanks, even if it wasn't the best weekend on record. Whatever you're going through, maybe you can't look at it positively and see the blessings in the middle of the bad. But remember that God is still good. He is still in control. He is still God no matter what. Give thanks in all circumstances. 
when you're happy or sad, scared or worried, no matter what you're feeling or what you're going through, God is deserving of your praise. Kidmen leaders, right now, you might be in a season of worry. All across the nation, we see churches and schools are moving back to virtual. There's talk of everything shutting back down again. You might be scared and worried for your family, your church, your job. You're not alone. During the shutdown, I think everyone was worried and stressing, some people more than others. But when we focus on praising God, it changes us. We might not understand his plans. We might not realize in the moment why we're being laid off from our church or why he isn't lighting a fire under moms and dads and bringing them back. But we can rest in the knowledge that God is still in control. He has a plan for your life and your ministry. COVID didn't take God by surprise. We might not understand it, but we are not God. Where were you? God is God. He is the creator of the universe. Place your trust in him and give him the praise he deserves, no matter what. I wanted to tell you real quick about the resources that I have created for this Thanksgiving series, no matter what. Now, I know we're like a week away from Thanksgiving, so you might have already planned and executed your Thanksgiving resources for your families. But if not, I would love for you to check out this no matter what Thanksgiving resource. You've got two options. I created a standalone lesson or a four-part series. So it might be too late for the four-part series this year. But the standalone lesson is a lesson all about my favorite Thanksgiving lesson. Job. And in this resource, you get the lesson, but I also created something for families. I like the really practical resourcing of families. I like for them to be able to do something. So there's a PDF in the, in the resource, both sets. It's today we're thankful for it. It's got a cute picture and there's a big pumpkin on it. So you can email it to your families. You can print it out. You can do what I did. I laminated them and put magnets on the back and gave families a dry erase marker. I wanted them to put it up on their fridge so that every day, good or bad, they could write down things that they were thankful for. They could work on giving God the praise that he deserves. Now, I'll let you in on a little secret since you're listening to my podcast. This PDF right now, the Today We're Thankful For family resource, it's actually a freebie on KidmanOutlet.com. But if you want the whole lesson series, um, the standalone or the four part, you can get that. There's also the resource comes with an interactive countdown video. There's a COVID friendly one where kids aren't touching. And then there's one where they can give high fives and you get a fall postcard too. You can get it at kidmanoutlet.com and at kidsmatter.com. But here's another secret. Since you're in the know, listening to my podcast, if you go to kidmanoutlet.com and you put the Thanksgiving resource kit, now this is just for the standalone, the Thanksgiving resource kit. If you enter the code THANKFUL, all caps, THANKFUL, T-H-A-N-K-F-U-L, you get it for $15. That's a really awesome deal. You get a lesson on Job, the family resource, a fall postcard, and two versions of an interactive countdown video. Teach your families to praise God no matter what. And in your own lives, Kidman leaders, whatever kind of day or week 
or year that you are having. Whether your ministry is thriving or you're worried for the future. I want you to remember that God is in control. Take time to give him thanks and praise. And remember, Kidman leaders, what you do matters.